All right, welcome everybody to the Four Outdoorsman. Is that too loud, Mark? Because you uh, you kind of went woof when I said my his headphones way up. I'll turn them my little intro yeah. there. I hey, hear this, you loud and clear, bro. Yeah, I bet you loud and clearly. Loud and clearly. Yeah, that's an adverb. You don't so care about that. <laughs> you know what an adverb is? I really don't. Shut up, Strew. Strew, <laughs> <laughs> man, here the four outdoorsmen. That was Sam being so nice to me and Marcus to the right side. And our fourth outdoorsman, uh, Brandon, is in Ramsey, Minnesota. Because we are in, uh, where are we, Sambo? We are in Blaine, Minnesota, here at Capra's Sporting Goods, your headquarters for all fishing, hunting, archery. Anything you need. It's a good spot to be, boy. We're here. That's a lot of fun. And uh, I think this will be kind of fun because I'm going to talk to, uh, we're going to talk to uh, Gary today. He's with the Minnesota Trappers Association. He's going to be our second guest. And Brad Lilla, I think his name is, is the uh, the gentleman who caught the huge northern Amalax a couple of weeks back. So I guess it was in January. He's going to be first. But when we talked to Mike, I mean, Gary, uh, we spoke to him last Sunday. Remember that? And he was saying it was a little fuzzy, and so did uh, the other guests said it was a little fuzzy. They couldn't hear very well because we were in Ramsey. Now we are in, at your place, um, Capra's in Blaine. Let's see if it sounds better to those it's guys. It was crystal clear it's from Capra's. going to be crystal clear. So. Well, let's let's bring Brandon here. Let's bring all of Ramsey's studios down here. Come on. Why would that be? Could you have any idea? Do you, um, do you want an explanation? Yeah, Maybe? I do. I do. Um, Go ahead, could, Mark. Mark, you take this one. <laughs> I'll spend the next 10 minutes just ripping Bob. <laughs> no, I think it's because in our other studio, there's relays in between equipment and brooms, and then it has to go to a board, and then it goes to a phone. There's so many connections there that it's difficult to be crystal clear sometime, where if we're here, it's directly Bluetooth to recorder, so everything is a-okay. You know, I'm, I'm impressed with you because we were here last last time we were here. You explained something else when you stopped. This is, can, I, can, I, can I explain that? <laughs> Remember that? I forget what we were talking about. And whatever you explained uh, made sense to me as well. I'm back. I made it. Uh, I dug out of that pothole. You saw my Facebook page, right? I got crazy. I mean, you got to be so careful driving around the Twin Cities right now. It's crazy. And every every Facebook page and every post, every article in the St. Paul Pioneer Press is all about potholes. It's nuts. Yeah, you know what I feel like when I drive over there, too? I just think of that surplus tax money that we minnesota has how much money we have as a surplus and we can't even drive down a dang road without feeling like we're going through the rockies my wife uh my wife and i were coming back from the chanhassen dinner theater on friday went to um a lionel richie guy is singer which was a really nice show hello hello is it no that's no that's no that's that's danelle or not danelle adele adele Adele. danelle's the cover she does the cover and we were Anyway, the the pothole we hit was just out of nowhere. It's like 11 o'clock at night. It's dark. We're going slowly on the south side of Lake Badness and just driving. You just want to go home. And it was right on the last 25% of the right side of the lane, and it went boom. It was the loudest sound I've ever heard in a car, and it really freaked (laughs) us out. And I knew that I hit bottom. I knew I hit bottom. So we boogied home, got home as quickly as we possibly could, maybe only a, a quarter mile away from home. And when we got home, I looked at my car. My tire had a big bump on the right hand. Brand new tires. They had about, uh, I bought them a year ago, 13 months ago. Had a big bump on the right side of the tire, which means I hit bottom and the whole thing had to expand, rips everything off inside. And then I find out that the tire, the wheel or the rim, mm-hmm. it's cracked. 800 bucks for a brand new Ugh. wheel. $800. Thank God Justin came through. 
because he put me in touch with a place north of us, just north of us about... Tires for less? No, nope, no, 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 no. It's a place just north of uh, Crooners a little bit on 65. Okay. okay. On the same side of the street. The Four Outdoorsman is brought to you by yeah, Tires yeah, R Us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> and uh, I got, I got, a, I got a, a rim for about $45, and they put it on. And, yeah, a new one costs 800 bucks. Uh, so Justin saved me a few dollars. He saved me many a dollar. Yeah. <sighs> What's, I'm glad you're happy with your rim job. Yeah, so it was. <laughs> you forget. There you go. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Anyway, so that was my my highlight of the week. What, what's what's new with you well, guys? Sam, <clears throat> you could not join our show last week because you're packing up from the sports show. Why don't you give us a recap of the sports show? Yeah, it was. It came and it went. You know, <laughs> just like. Uh, what is it? Tackle Terry Tuma. And you, They're either shallow or deep or somewhere in between. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're fighting between three and 70 feet. Yeah. No, it was good. Uh, it was my first uh, show uh, as the new owner of Capra's. It was very stressful because I wanted to come in with a bang and I wanted to, you know, it's a good revenue stream for us. And, you know, ice fishing across the board was slow because ice conditions. And after talking to a couple of the bigger stores out there, I feel a lot better with my situation of how much ice fishing I had where there was one big store that they're still sitting on over 3,000 houses and augers. Wow. Yeah, and I think I have maybe five houses and 15 augers. Yeah. And we sold a lot. I mean, I started off probably 75 of each. You know, like yeah. I sold quite a bit. Um, But it, it was great. You know, you're like, yeah, man, I, I don't know what to do with all these inventory of five. Yeah. They're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, they're like, at this point, we'll just buy them from you. No, but it was good because, you know what, the one thing it did for me, personally, it got me very, very, very excited for open water fishing. Yeah. Um, we got a boat for this year, or I got not just for this year, we bought a boat, and I'm, I'm really excited. Um, but it was good. We had a really, really good showing. Our customer base was strong. Um, we're, we're very tight with the Hmong community and they showed up and they, um, they know what they want. Um, everyone on Thursday who was there was there to buy. It wasn't, you had to work a deal. You, they were there. I want that. I want four of them. I want this, this, this. It was like they were checking out their grocery list. Yeah, that's cool. Friday was tough with the snow. Um, Saturday and Sunday were crazy busy. Um, we won an award for the show, which felt really cool. Um, Dean said he didn't know they had an awards. I said it's because he never won. <laughs> uh, but it was for best tackle and fishing booths. So it was, they came, uh, shook my hand, took my picture. It, it was really, Voted really by cool. Who? Just the, the Northwest um, com, uh, Committee and Board and everything. So they have a full board, and they they must ask certain people. Um, but you can see there's, you know, this 30-foot wall. 12 foot tall that had all of the capras plaques off it's now empty and i'm putting my 12 by 12 inch <laughs> plaque right in the middle bam and, uh, right in the middle <laughs> no it was awesome though like i said it was good sales i'm very very happy but man it got me excited for fishing what did you learn what will you change next year i won't bring any clothing <laughs> yeah. to wear what do you no, mean to sell um people this is a rod and reel show yeah um, I will double down on rods and reels for sure. We had a sixty foot bo- sixty foot booth. I'd say about forty of it was dedicated to fishing. Then we had some fishing, some old ice or not old like you know what am I ice fishing gear for like clothing, uh, suits, 
I would not do any of that. I would I would double down on rods and reels for sure. And tackle too, or just rods? <laughs> Some tackle. I mean, mega bass was a huge hit. You were there on Saturday. I never even it. heard really a mega bass before. Yeah, it's a I, Japanese. I spent about four hours talking about mega bass on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a Japanese made lure. Um, I could show you guys afterwards, but they are one of those things where they release a color. Everyone's lining up at the door before that you open. Um, they are, like I said, Japanese made. The only issue of me as a consumer is we live in the land of 10,000 lakes. So that means we live in the land of 10 billion northern. If a northern takes one of these, it's 25 <laughs> bucks a pop. Bam. You get snagged on a log. You buy a Bam. lure. That lure is 25 bucks. Oh, yeah. $25. <clears throat> wow. The cheaper ones are like maybe 17 But that hurts. You, that you hurts. get snagged on a rock or you get bit off by a northern. Yeah, you might be jumping in. But, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, it's a catch twenty two because guys who are throwing those are throwing them with a thousand dollar rod and right. combo. Right, <laughs> you know, it's like right. they know what they want, they know the good stuff, and I'm not selling twenty dollar combos at the show. You know, we're selling six hundred fifty dollar rods. Now I real. asked you, I asked you what you learned about um, a- after your full three or four days there. You had some people helping you in the booth, and Mark Lukey was one of them. Your first really big experience at a at a, a sports show like that. What did you learn? I learned that I have a lot to learn. About <laughs> it's um, some guy says, "Hey, what, I need a mega bass." Yeah. He says, "What the hell is a well, mega that bass?" That I could help him with. It's amazing how technical the rods and reels are. Has to be, and yeah. how yeah. you know gear ratio, size, everything. The customer base of that show is so knowledgeable yeah, about exactly what they want, and um. You know, you have to know what you're talking. So you basically, to, I would greet people and then send them to someone who knew. Yeah. What so you you kind of have to play the game of <clears throat> you got to trust your customer because they'll come in and say, "Hey, do you guys have that G Loomis, you know, 802s?" Um, and you said, "Let me ch- check." <laughs> no, I, I studied. I'm the type of person I don't not know. And so, like an 802 is uh, the first two n- numbers are inches, and the last number is the the if it's a light medium or, yeah yep. so that's a seven foot or that's a six foot eight rod that's a light medium uh but it took me a while to learn that but you have to like mark saying like the guys that are spending the money know exactly what they're getting they're not coming in being like hey uh what's a good walleye rod <laughs> they're like, do you have four nrx's and an 802 and 853 like a 904 do you have these like yep 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 okay I'd like to pair them with uh, Vanford 2500. Yeah. How many of those? Like, you're like, I like uh, to swap out the like, handles. So the threaded, is it threaded at yeah. you know, 62.5 ratio? Yeah, I'm the, like, what's the gear <laughs> ratio? Oh, this 7.4. I'm looking for like a 6.3. I'm like, well, <laughs> damn it. What does that even mean? Like, gear, But you just have to trust them. And thank God Shimano and Daiwa put the labels huge on the box so you can read it. Like, Vanford 25. Oh, yeah, we have tons of those. My my absolute highlight of the show, uh, I think Sam was there for this. Some guy, super nice guy, made his own rods, right? Oh, my gosh. He had a booth. I don't, a- Alec I don't, is here. Alec was, was the guy here. So he comes over. He's showing us these rods. Say, hey, yeah, I have them, I have them made out of blanks and whatever. They're great. <laughs> And um, he, he Alec was working the booth with us, nose fishing. Wanted he, a demo. He, he wanted, wanted a demo. He, he bends it over just to see how flexible it is, and it snaps in half. Snaps. <laughs> no, and the guy, the guy was super nice. The guy was super, super nice. And 
So a, a guy brings his own his, rods. His rods. He has, a, <laughs> he has a booth there. And he goes, this is really mean. But oh, like, my he goes, God. We're this not what he says. Names. He goes, okay. load it up. Like, give, like, you know yeah. how people will bend them over and test yeah. the But really, what does that do? You yeah. Know, yeah. We're testing against a concrete yeah. It's floor. like kicking a tire. Yeah, exactly. What are we doing? Like, <laughs> And so, like, he had one with, like, a line through it and the jig. And so he would step on the jig. He's like, load her up. And so Alec was, like, testing it and, like, bent it. And it was like, snap. <laughs> And like we're all like, we all oh look at each other. Oh my like, gosh! And uh, Alex like, see, so you running a show special or <laughs> what am I buying here? And the guy like gets really red in the face. He's like, hey, don't worry about it. Like don't. But we we're like, oh my gosh! And then Jerry, our expert, walks by. He's like, quickly looks at. He's like, he threaded it too tight. <laughs> like he just knew right away. But like Alec was like, oh my. <laughs> The guy said load it up, so I tried to snap. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. But yeah, it was overall really, really good show. I would think I've only I've been to a lot of those shows. I've never worked one for an hour, much less three or four days. It's gotta be exhausting. Well, here's the deal. The show started Thursday. I was there setting up on Tuesday for I was there for four hours. Wednesday I was there for eight hours setting up. Thursday the show was noon to eight. Saturday was 11 to 8, uh, or Friday. Saturday was 11 to 7, and then on Sunday it was 11 to 5. And then it's tear down, bring everything back to the store that we didn't sell, oh, yeah. and merchandise it again. Yeah. It was very, very long five days. I, like I, I want to thank the, my, all of our customers, who a lot of them are friends now. Like, and I want to say kudos to you guys for how long you've had this show. That I've been ba- been very blessed to be a part of for the past couple of years. It seems like right now we're talking just to Diana, April, and Kirsten. You know what I mean? Like ho- we know we have three listeners. <laughs> you know what I mean? April doesn't listen. Like my mom <laughs> listens. You know, so my mom will fill in for that spot. Like we know we have three solid listeners, and we have our we have our you know our OG commenters on mm-hmm. the page, right? I had at least three dozen people at the show come up and say. I love the four outdoorsmen. I'm super excited about Capra's. We're big fans of the show. We'll be customers for life. I tell you what, like it gave me goosebumps how like our listeners are so loyal and it's like, oh my gosh, we do have listeners. And like it's not us, you know, we're nothing special. We're just BSing, right? Anybody you're can... you're not you're not you're nothing special. I'm special. Yeah, I mean we all I mean we all do know it's the Strew show. We're just here for the we're, we're riding your shirt tails. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but it is nice to know. So I told Mark this, Drew. Next year I wanna shave off a part of our booth and I do want to have a four outdoorsman section because there was that many people, I think it it you know it breeds that. It needs the it needs us there. Because it, and you know, I think it's it'll be worth it. We'll just sit there all weekend and BS, and then send people over to buy stuff. I'm saying, like, have a couple of cocktails. <laughs> I mean, we had cases of beer in the back. Yeah, like, it, it, let's it, just camp out for the weeks, Jeremy. You, you should you. because honestly, it was it, it, the the you know, and you take five minutes to talk to them, and you become friends with them. You know yeah. how it is. All the people that have gone on fishing trips, like you, really, it's really we have thousands, of, hopefully, of friends listening, and we just get to meet them occasionally. So. And one of the listeners is is. Um, Brad Lilla, hopefully I'm spe- saying that right. L-I-L-A has got to be Lilla. can't be Lila. It's got to be Lilla, right? He's the gentleman who caught the Big Northern on Mille Lacs in January. Are you sure it was Mille Lacs? It was Mille Lacs. Okay. And uh, he uh, lives in Hudson, Wisconsin. He's going to be our, um, our first guest, and he listens to the show. So yeah. uh, 
So uh, that's kind of cool. But uh, and also too, it's a show that we need to be represented at because Jason Mitchell's there, Tony Roach is there, Gary Roach is there, Mark Schultz is there. They all come up like I mean they they all love the four outdoorsmen. We saw they, Larry Bullock there. Larry Bullock was there. Really? Yeah, and his son. I wouldn't recognize Larry Bullock. I, I didn't either. I never but, met him in but person. But Jerry pointed out to me, and he introduced mm-hmm. me, and then I introduced Mark right away. But, like, they, that, those people are there, and they, they are truly – that's what made me feel good. Like, like Jason Mitchell, he's a big shot. He's a true, like, fan of the show. Yep, good guy. Like, and so that's where it's, like, worth it for us to be there. But I digress. I just Fun. Want, I just want to say thank you guys for letting me be a do this. I love you guys. Well, you're, you're welcome, yeah. yeah. That's where you say I love you, too. I love you, too, pal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. Well, you're welcome, peasant. <laughs> I'm ready for a spring. I don't know. We, oh, have, a, we have a big trip coming up uh, April 3rd. I'm looking forward to that. Me as soon, too. As soon as we I go am. to the Boundary Waters, April 3rd, with Arrowhead Outdoors and all the guys up there, walking two miles into some lake. Whoa, I forget whoa, the name of the lake. Up. Mile and a half? How many? At least a mile and a half. Okay. I got gotcha. you. There's silence now. No, I'm and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. As I've soon as trained. that happens, I want open water April 4th. <laughs> Me too. I'm done, man. <laughs> I told you. So many people are talking fishing this show. I'm like, I like can't wait to see ripples in water. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't. How much time you got here? We got it's time to go to break. Let's go to break. Oh, really? <laughs> yep. Oh, that's so fun. We'll be right back with Brad Lilla. This man caught a big northern. be a lot of fun. Talk to you guys later. The Four Outdoorsmen is being recorded live at Capra Sporting Goods. Missed part of Bob Outdoors? No problem. Just click on the Weekend tab at MyBobCountry.com to listen back to The Four Outdoorsmen anytime. You've heard us talk about Devil's Lake for quite a while now, and there are many, many reasons why. To think that 30 years ago, Devil's covered about 85,000 acres. Today, that same body of water is over 160,000 acres, and that story alone brings the curious to visit this wonderful place. But it's the no-slot limit on walleyes with five a day and ten a possession. That's bringing the four outdoorsmen to Devil's Lake as often as we can. Devil's Lake, North Dakota, rated one of the top five fisheries in the entire country. Visit DevilsLakeND.com, and thanks. Call Zeal Heating and AC when you need dependable, affordable, and professional furnace repair at your West Metro or Wright County home. Dazeal knows the feeling when your furnace goes out during a cold winter day. If you have a unit that's ready to roll over, Dazeal's team of licensed and certified HVAC technicians are here to help. Dazeal's trucks are stocked to repair any furnace system and can get your house warm and cozy again. Suspect a problem? Call the top dog today before your furnace goes out. They will come running to your rescue before it is too late. DazealHVAC.com. <laughs> It's time for Capra Sporting Goods Ice Fishing Clearance Sale. Get select ice fishing stuff for up to 30% off. Get huge discounts on electric augers like Strike Master, Ion, and Razor. Electronics like Garmin Livescope, Vexlar, Markham, Otter and Eskimo sleds and hubs, rods, reels, tackles, and more. These are the best deals of the year. In-store only. Call or come in for specific pricing on what you're looking for. While supplies last, Capra's outdoors on Highway 65 in Blaine. You know who has deals? Capra's has deals. If you're in the market for a new pontoon or fishing boat, you have to head down to Power Lodge. Just down the street from our station off Highway 10 in Ramsey. Better than boat show deals on pontoons from Bennington and Godfrey. They have fishing boats, Lumacraft, Smokercraft, Triton. While supplies last, biggest deals of the year, sales, service, they do it all at Power Lodge. That's why it's been my power sports dealer for over seven years. Visit PowerLodge.com. 
Come see Minnesota's largest vintage fishing and hunting collectibles show Sunday, April 2nd from 8.45 to 2 p.m. at the Medina Entertainment Center. 200 tables of items from sellers including vintage fishing lures, rods, bobbers, reels, minnow buckets, duck decoys, spearing decoys, hunting equipment, advertising signs, posters, calendars, books, magazines, traps, cabin decor, spears, knives, sporting art, shell boxes, game calls, you name it. That's a lot of stuff. Minnesota Sporting Collectibles Show at Medina Entertainment Center. Admission is $8.00. Youth under 16 admitted free. More info at Minnesota Sporting Collectibles Facebook page. You want a cool lake trout fishing experience? Head to Ely, and Arrowhead Outdoors Bait Tackle Hunt Camp Store, Minnesota's stream and lake trout headquarters. Arrowhead carries the largest selection of lake trout tackle found any place in northern Minnesota, and they're the only ones in Ely running houses for targeting lake trout. Dates are filling fast, and sharing a lake trout fishing trip on the doorstep of the Boundary Waters means memories that are going to last a lifetime. (laughs) You might even catch a walleye or two. Arrowhead Outdoors, the very, very best. Hey, it's Jeff Jones, and I want you to come fishing with me at Ballard's Resort again this summer. I had so much fun fishing with Burl and Bradley last year that I want to go back. The fact that we limited out both days doesn't hurt. Ballard's Resort has their special Bob FM Summer Walleye Connection again this summer, July 3rd through the 6th. Now, it's a special rate, but you got to sign up before April 1st. Round-trip bus ride, three nights lodging, two days guided walleye fishing on Lake of the Woods, plus everything else taken care of. All you need to bring is clothes and your fishing license. Get the full details and sign up at mybobcountry.com. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. This is Matt Crowder, live at the gas station on 41st Street, reporting on those skyrocketing gas prices. Excuse me, miss, are you buying less gas now because of the high prices? Oh, I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute, are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow. Well, there you have it. Stop paying full price for gas. Download the free Upside app and get real cash back every time you buy gas. This is Matt Crowder Radio News Network. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code TRAFFIC for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, to PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code TRAFFIC for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank that's code traffic the four outdoorsmen is being recorded live at capra sporting goods i'm sorry (laughs) i guess i can start now can i sure why not every time it's live radio every transition i look over at you and be like don't talk don't talk (laughs) i literally just had my finger up to you like shut your mouth brad Brad mentions his last name i'm thinking of eric clapton so i said and i'm not the first person to do that as well brad you were thinking of the love boat hey i'll tell you what hey brad leela i'll tell you what thanks for joining us on the four outdoorsman hey thank you thank you very much for having me i I love your guys show and i really appreciate what you guys do we have a lot of fun i'll tell you we have a lot now you're in hudson wisconsin right nice part of town yes sir Ever golfed at uh, yes, Troy? Ever golfed at Troy Burn over that way? No, I, I'm not. I'm not good enough to golf there. I don't have to be, but uh, <laughs> all I got to do. What's, all he does is catch state record fish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one of the best things about Troy Burn is you can pee outside; no one can see you. That's it's, it's all. It's a great golf course, but it's it's very very private. Brad, I'll tell you what. You did a hell of a thing uh, sometime in January. You fish a lot. Tell us about your background. You're from Hudson, Wisconsin. Is that where you're born and raised? How did you start fishing in the first place? 
Yeah, no, I'm actually, I was born and raised in central Wisconsin by Stevens Point in the town of Plover. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I've just been, uh, boy, I've been hunting and fishing ever since, uh, ever since I can remember. And, uh, yeah, I've been chasing, uh, been chasing big northerns all over, all over Wisconsin ever since uh, my buddy Paul and I got our driver's license. Uh, yeah, we've been, uh, down the backwater of the Mississippi out to Sturgeon Bay and Lake Michigan, Lake Superior, UP of Michigan. So, uh, yeah, I've been fishing my whole life and especially been chasing, uh, pike. So you were obsessed. Was Paul with you when you caught that fish? Yeah, unfortunately, he wasn't. Oh, that's funny. Uh, that's that's funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was actually fishing alone that day. Do you still fish with Paul after all these years? Oh yeah, sure do. Oh, Absolutely. Good for you. Good for you. You know, talk about uh, uh, chasing northerns all over the place. I also found out when we held a conversation yesterday that you're hooked on muskies as well. How, now you're a married guy, right? <laughs> I am, do, yes, sir. How do you find time to chase muskies all over the world and northern all over the world and still stay married? <laughs> hey, that's why. That's why. Speak slowly. I'm taking notes here. <laughs> <laughs> I have a very understanding wife, so it, uh, yeah, it, it, it works. And you know what? We, we bought a cabin on Mille Lacs about six years or so ago, so yeah. it's uh, a lot nicer when she can hang out at the cabin and, and read and sit on the, on the porch and I can go out and fish. You know, she sounds like just like my wife, Diana. She, my wife loves to read. Uh, she loves these, the sunshine and whatnot. But going through all the work that you're going through, that's eh, not her bag. Give her a, a good old Brandy Manhattan and uh, a good book, and she's happy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk about that day now, Malax. Well, I first want to talk about the musky part of your life. You know, you, you fish for a million, you say, once in a while. What, who was the first person that got you hooked on muskies? Because like they said, once you start catching a musk or fishing for a muskie, you're hooked. You're there for life, right? Yeah, you know what my dad did? Um, well, I mean, when we were, me and my brother, when we were just kids, well, he'd get us up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and, you know, we'd drive up to northern Wisconsin, and uh, you know, it was a couple-hour drive, and at that time of your life, you'd just as soon sleep. So when I was a kid, I, I didn't really like musky fishing all that much just because, you know, he, we'd get on a boat, and we wouldn't get off till after dark. And, you know, at, at, at that age, you just want to go and play with the frogs on a, on a shore. But eventually, I just really fell in love with it. And uh, yeah, I've been, been fishing, you know, again, chasing, chasing big fish, period, muskies, northerns, uh, yeah, my whole life, yeah. You know, muskies, I know, are, are different. I've never caught a muskie. The three of us here, we, we do a radio show called The Four Outdoorsman, and none of us have really ever fished for a muskie. Mark did one time, didn't you? He's got the I've, stuff. I've fished a couple times. Have I have you? all the stuff. I just I, I just don't put in the miles that you need to be successful. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and I remember. I don't remember the first crappie or sunfish I caught or the first walleye, but my guess is after all the stuff you've gone through, you might remember the first muskie you ever caught. Oh, I sure do. Yeah, it, was a, it was a 28-inch muskie on uh, Big Arbor Vita, uh, right northeast of Monaco. See, isn't that cool? That's <laughs> yeah. a great. That's a great story. Let's talk about the northern. When you went out there, were you spe- obviously you were specifically? Do, can you catch muskies in the winter? Nope, you can't. Not supposed to, right? I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I never have. I've never caught a muskie oh. through the ice. Um, but yeah, that that fish was so big that you know if you watch a video on there, you can. Yeah, you know, we were talking about it. It's it's got to be a muskie because it was just pulling that much drag. Uh, but no, I've never caught a muskie through the ice. I wonder why. Don't they eat in the winter? I mean, it's, a, it's, it's the same fish. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't a muskie bite in the winter? 
I don't know. They're yeah. just that much smarter. Yeah, actually, muskie, muskie really, they do better in warmer water. Northern do better in colder water. And uh, they just, muskie, muskie become far more lethargic. So they just kind of ride out to... Uh, Right out winter with all that food that they put away in the fall. We're talking with Brad Leela from Hudson, Wisconsin, to call up the state record. You tied, apparently, the state record uh, for Northern Pike in, in the state of Minnesota. T- take us through the whole deal. You went out there specifically to target big uh, big Northerns that day, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yep. Yeah. Tell us the story. Bring, yeah. us, bring us the whole story. Yeah, sure. I, uh, so I was sitting in my ice shack out there, and I, I had uh, – a rod out on a finicky fooler, um, which is kind of like a bit of a, a tip up to some degree, but, uh, you know, you, you can put your rod in it. And, uh, you know, the, the, the flag went off. I, I went out there. I had, I had actually had three or four false flags that day. So I, I just went out there, to, you know, thinking it probably wasn't anything there. But then, uh, you know, the line was really peeling out, and uh, I grabbed the rod off of the fooler and uh, went to set the hook, but, but my bail was frozen. So I had to... Uh, give it a little bit of slack to flip the bale over. And then once the bale was flipped over, then, uh, yeah, then I set the, set the hook into the fish. And, uh, yeah, I mean, immediately, immediately I knew it was a monster because it just, it just went the other way and it, and it just didn't stop. And, uh, I, I gain on it a little bit and it peel out drag. I mean, it was just, it was peeling out drag like a big lake trout, you know? And, uh, so yeah, after probably like 15 minutes or so of fighting it, uh, by myself and really not getting anywhere uh, I kind of figured I might need some help and uh, so there's a there's another shack that's probably about 150 200 yards from me and uh, I just started waving to those guys I you know stay in touch with them and uh, so one of the guys came over Eric Lindbergh and uh, he thought we, we I was just you know catching a catching a walleye or something like that and I was like you know I, I need some help here and uh <laughs> So anyway, he, he started uh, he started filming, which was great. And, uh, <laughs> hey, he helped you remember. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he really did. I mean, after a while, I was like, yeah, why don't you just film? I'm going to try to get this fish myself, you know. And, uh, yeah, so it was uh, probably fought it for, it had to have been well over 30 minutes, maybe in 40 minutes. Eventually, Greg, who was in a shack over there, was wondering what we were doing standing around there for so long. And uh, so he, he eventually came over, too. And uh, so... As, as I'm fighting a fish, it is really weird circumstances here. There's a lot of slush underneath the ice there. And even if you catch a walleye, every time you pull that walleye up, you'd have an inch or two of ice that you'd have to clear out of there. Um, so every time this fish got by the hull with a swish of his tail, it'd send up a whole bunch of ice. So you really could never see down the hole at all. And um, the other thing, when I go on these big, massive runs, you know, I had braid on. I had 20-pound braid. And that would just cut into the bottom of the ice and just groove it out. So then as I'm reeling it back in, where my knot meets from my braid, I had 15-pound fluorocarbon on, mm-hmm. that knot would get stuck in a groove of the ice mm-hmm. underneath there. So I'd have to stick my rod down the hole. Fortunately, I had a 45-inch rod. And so wow. it could reach all the way down the hole. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, yeah I, I, I built a rod just uh, just, just for northern like this and, and, and lake trout, too. And... Uh, but then when I pull the rod up, then then the eyelets would freeze, the line guides would freeze. Yeah. So then I have to chip those out. So it just it just became real real difficult, and uh, but eventually got it to got it to the hole, and it, uh, it it pretty pretty worn out at that point. And so I finally got some slush out of the hole, and I was able to stare down the hole and see see what was there. And I just you know saw a big massive head right out the bottom of the hole, 
but there's you know there's no way she was coming up that there's no way she's going to turn up that hole um and i tried to get her to turn you know 30 times maybe and um so i just took a, a gaff and you know the plan was to just hook her underneath the, the bottom of the chin right and pull her up to get her up the hall so I could then reach in and, and get underneath her gill plates. Um, cause I, I didn't want to hurt her with the gaff. I didn't want to just fall out gaffer. Right. Right. I, every intention is returning the fish to the water. So I, I gently pulled up under her chin and she was starting to come up the hall, uh, and everything was going as planned, but I was really being too gentle. I just didn't, it wasn't sucking in there enough. And so she, she was coming up and then she came off. And was going back down the hall, Whoa. and uh, yeah, right, right. I knew I knew how big she was at that point, and I wasn't gonna let her get away. So I just, even though it was a bunch of slush in the hall, I couldn't see, but I knew she went down. So I just dove my hand down there, hoping to hoping to get it underneath her gill plates. But um, yeah, I stuck my hand right in her mouth. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You had no glove on, no rubber glove on. I uh, know. <laughs> I wish I had because she clamped down on my middle finger oh. and uh, she clamped down really hard on my middle finger. I mean, it was like, like tooth on bone and uh, you know, and actually I go to pull my hand out. Ah. But, so I, so I pull basically she clamped down and, and held on. So I was able to pull her all the way up through the hole and get her high enough where I could get my left hand in her gill plate, and then she opened her mouth and let go of my finger. So for a couple so, of seconds, uh, like for about five or six or seven seconds, you were pulling up this state is, record. Is, is that a 30-pound fish? How, how, how heavy would that fish be? 30 pounds? Yeah, you know, there's a couple of, yeah, there's a couple of websites out there you can put in the, the length and the girth in that. And yeah. It was, it was yeah. estimated really? at like 29.8 to Hell, 32. So I'm pretty good. right around 30 pounds. So you're yeah. picking yeah, up yeah, a, you're 29, you're, a 29, you're pulling a 29 pound northern out with your finger that she's bit into and hanging on to your that's all you were that's all you that's all you had for leverage bringing that fish out of the hole that is crazy how bad did it screw up your finger yeah it was it was it was a pretty good cut it was uh i was i was bleeding quite a bit yeah it was uh you probably didn't care actually if you yeah, you know what? If I had to do it again, I'd do it all over. But uh, boy, when she when she clamped down on me, it, it hurt. I mean, wow. if you watch the video, you can you can hear me kind of squealing like a little girl when I was trying to pull her up there. <laughs> until yeah, this, until this fish, until this fish, what was the biggest northern you caught until this fish? Um, you know, probably the biggest one that I'm probably most proud of. I got a 42 and a half out of out of the St. Croix right by Hudson. So yeah. it's nice to get uh, like in, inland inland northern. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can attribute that to my, my my best northern day. One of the things you mentioned was that you these guys you asked these guys to come over and give you some help. What what could they have done? What how do they help you? Hold the camera. Hold the camera. Drink a beer. Were you? What do they do? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there there was a, a little bit of discussion about drilling a second hole. Yeah. Okay. Next to it. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I since I do fish for big fish, I use a big big auger. It's a ten inch auger. So it, it would have been problematic to get her through an eight-inch hole, which you typically are going to use, like a six or eight-inch hole for walleye. Yeah. But fortunately, I used a ten-inch hole, so I was able to able to pull her up. After the first ten or twelve minutes of you fighting this fish, what per, what is the percent that you thought you were going to bring this fish in, as compared to it it not coming up? Did you think you were going to bring it in? I, I you know I did. It's it's a great question because. 
typically when I fish for them, I use like 30 pound fluorocarbon for uh, for a liter and uh, in a bigger treble. But uh, I downsized this year because I was just missing too many fish. Too many too many fish are coming up and, and biting and spitting the hooks last year. So I went with 15 pound floral thinking, okay, well, I'm going to be kind of risking it a little bit, but uh, hopefully it'll hold. And, and yeah, so the entire time I was I was really nervous that it was going to cut me off. I'm surprised that I'll f- go ahead, Mark. I was going to say, I think it's really cool that you were able to bring it in with a rod and reel and not, you know, hand over hand with a tip up. I mean, do you think you could have handled a fish like that, hand over hand to get in like a tip up? Yeah, I mean, I think I could have, but you're right. I mean, it's so much more fun with a rod and reel, right. you know, and you get, you get to you get to lean on that drag work. And, and the drags nowadays on these new reels are so nice. So it's a... Uh, it surely would have been a battle hand over fist. And actually, before I even started filming, my my line guys were so frozen up that I was actually hand over fist for a little while there, mm-hmm. until I could get my line guys uh, unfrozen. And uh, yeah, I quickly quickly thawed them and started using my rod and reel again because it really is so much more efficient. Um, you're you're talking about the the fifteen fifteen pound. Uh, what do you call fluorocarbon. it? Fluorocarbon at the end. How, how many? How, how many yeah. feet? How many feet was that? Was that? You know what? So I yeah, I actually had this rod set up for uh, for lake trout as well. So I had 15 feet of fluorocarbon. Oh wow! Fishing for super super clear water. Yeah. Wow. Why do you need? Which I'm glad I did. Why do you need fluorocarbon on a tip up? It wasn't a tip up. I know it wasn't a tip up, but it was kind of a tip up. It was just yeah. you were you were dead sticking it actually, right? But why is fluorocarbon so important with a when you're just sitting there? Um, yeah, because so, the fish can't, they really can't see it. Yeah, but they can see the bait. Yeah. That's what they're going for. And what did you did you have nothing but a hook and a lot and a big sucker? What did you have for bait? Yeah, I had uh, I had about uh, probably a ten to twelve inch sucker. That'll do it. That'll do it. Yeah, it was a big, it was a big, it was a big sucker. I knew, I knew it wasn't going to be a small. Fish. Yeah, good for you, good for you. Yeah. So, uh, after this, what is your next conquest? What is a? I always ask this of our guests. You, you fish a lot more than we do, and a lot more successfully than we do. What is your bucket list trip that you haven't My done before? List trip. Yep. Oh man, I mean, I'd love to go. I'd love to go bill fishing down in Costa Rica for some big marlin. Oh. I'd love to. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to go to the Northern Territories or even like Northern Manitoba for trophy lake trout through the ice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, anywhere. I love fishing. So, uh, yeah, go anywhere. Attaboy. Has your, has your son, Rhett, it's Rhett, am I correct, your son? Yes, sir. Okay. Has he, has he joined you and fallen in love with fishing as much as you have? Uh, no. No, he hasn't. Uh, he's, he's more of a skier. And uh, he just graduated from college, so he hasn't he really hasn't had the time to fish. Uh, but uh, yeah, he does get out with me every now and then. I tell you what, he, he's the one that gave me your phone number. Somehow, I, I I contacted him by mistake. He said my dad's phone number is this, and I said, "Were you with him? Was he was he was he with the old man uh, when he was?" He said, "No, no, no. My my only responsibility was editing the video and get rid of all the Effenheimers that my dad was hollering." He said, <laughs> That was that was my job, he said. Sam's got a question. Brad, before we let you go, <clears throat> since you're from Wisconsin, in the Minnesota record book, will there be an asterisk next to your name? Or uh... Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't count. It, it doesn't count, yeah. You're not a Packers fan, are you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah 
question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one real quick, one real quick question. We got to wrap it up. Okay, you forty uh, forty six and a quarter, I think, is what it was. Whatever this fish was, was how accurate can you be? I know you've got a bump board or something that tied the state record. Could it have been an eighth of an inch longer than that? I mean, right. how do you know exactly? <laughs> you never know. You know what? It probably it. I know how this sounds, but it probably was. See, I I never pinched a tail on that fish. I didn't know that. I didn't know what the record was at the time. I just wanted to get a quick measurement of it and get it down a hole. So yeah, yeah. I never pinched a tail. I only measured the top of the tail. I didn't measure the bottom, which is actually usually longer. So I just threw it on there and uh, said, you know, 46, a little over 46. And you look, you can see in the video it, it, what it is, a 46 and a quarter. But I should have uh, I should have pinched it. There. <laughs> you have the unofficial state record. The unofficial, unofficial state record. Asterisk. What a thrill. Brad, Leela, Hudson, Wisconsin. I tell you, you're a riot. You're a lot of fun. We'd love to have you on the show many times after this. And if you ever get a chance to come to the Twin Cities, which you do, Let's have you in studio and BS a little bit. Brad, thanks for joining us on the Four Outdoorsman, and congratulations. Yeah, thank you, gentlemen, very much. Really right. appreciate it. You better take care of yourself, young man. It's a great story. Going to be right back with, uh, what's his name? Gary, Gary likes from, to go. Yeah, from uh, Sora. Minnesota Travel Yeah, something like that. Be right back. The Four Outdoorsman is being recorded live at Capra Sporting Goods. Listen to Total Country Bob FM anytime, anywhere, online at mybobcountry.com. Thanks to Aurora Asphalt and Concrete. Go to aurora-asphalt.com for a free, quick estimate. So you've never been to Devil's Lake, North Dakota? You gotta. Devil's Lake has been rated one of the top five fisheries in the entire country for many years for many reasons. Hey, plenty of walleyes, of course, with no slot limits. You've heard it before. 365 days season, five a day in tenant possession. That's crazy. And jumbo perks are a blast to catch. Devil's Lake got many guide services that'll make sure your ice fishing trip will make you want to come back. Hey, bring your family. Let's have some fun. Check out devilslakend.com and thanks. If you're in the market for a new pontoon or fishing boat, you have to head down to Power Lodge. Just down the street from our station off Highway 10 in Ramsey. Better than boat show deals on pontoons from Bennington and Godfrey. They have fishing boats, Lumacraft, Smokercraft, Triton. While supplies last, biggest deals of the year, sales, service, they do it all at Power Lodge. That's why it's been my power sports dealer for over seven years. Visit PowerLodge.com. It's time for Capra Sporting Goods Ice Fishing Clearance Sale. Get select ice fishing stuff for up to 30% off. Get huge discounts on electric augers like Strike Master, Ion, and Razor. Electronics like Garmin Livescope, Vexlar, Markham, Otter and Eskimo sleds and hubs, rods, reels, tackles, and more. These are the best deals of the year. In store only, call or come in for specific pricing on what you're looking for. While supplies last, Capra's outdoors on Highway 65 in Blaine. You know who has deals? Cabras has deals. Come see Minnesota's largest vintage fishing and hunting collectibles show Sunday, April 2nd from 8.45 to 2 p.m. at the Medina Entertainment Center. 200 tables of items from sellers including vintage fishing lures, rods, bobbers, reels, minnow buckets, duck decoys, spearing decoys, hunting equipment, advertising signs, posters, calendars, books, magazines, traps, cabin decor, spears, knives, sporting art, shell boxes, game calls, you name it. That's a lot of stuff. Minnesota Sporting Collectibles Show at Medina Entertainment Center. Center. Admission is $8. Youth under 16 admitted free. More info at Minnesota Sporting Collectibles Facebook page. 
Arrowhead Outdoors in Ely, Minnesota doesn't claim to be Minnesota's trout headquarters just because no one else does. They actually carry the largest selection of lake trout tackle found anywhere in northern Minnesota. And much of it is custom made right there at Arrowhead. This season, Arrowhead Outdoors is the only store in town renting ice houses for lake trout. And if you never caught a lake trout through the ice, get ready for an experience worth sharing. Hey, come relish the wilderness and the serenity of Ely area. And let Arrowhead Outdoors help you catch a few trout. The Four Outdoorsmen is being recorded live at Capra Sporting Goods. All right, Gary, now they said I can talk. <laughs> Sounds good. You did sniff really well. Yeah. Gary, Gary <laughs> likes to go. No talking and he goes. <laughs> <laughs> Gary's with the Minnesota Trappers Association. We had him on last week. And we just ran out of time. There's just too much to learn about trapping. Gary, thanks for joining us again on the Four Outdoorsmen. Happy to be back. Yeah. Good afternoon. you got a lot of stuff going on. Well, I was looking at your website, and how many chapters are there, if there's chapters, and how many members are there in the Minnesota Trappers Association? The Minnesota Trappers Association is divided into eight districts, you know, geographically around the state. And so number one is in the Northeast. Number eight, or District 8, is on the Iowa border. And there's um, about 24, 2,500 members currently, um, which is long-term, probably a pretty average number um, for the association, at times it goes up, sometimes it goes down, but that's long-term average. So if you were, if that's a long-term average, that means, of course, a lot of the guys are getting older. I, we, I just don't picture trapping being a, a young man's game. Are you still getting youth involved in trapping? Yeah, and the exciting thing about trapping, and I, I kind of think that it, it seems to follow the same ideals, you know, the number of people that have honeybees, the number of people that have backyard chickens, just kind of the romance of that, you know, something you can put your hand on it. This is yours. It's from the earth. That is increased with trapping as well. And so you're correct. If you go to meetings, it had been older and older and older, more gray hair, more gray hair. But the way it's evolving in recent years um, especially with the trapping education cert- certification process that the MTA um, does for free for trappers and for young trappers coming in, they have to go through the process. That has been increasing by leaps and bounds with young people, both boys, both girls. It's wonderful. And, um, and so it's coming, it's coming back and it's not related to the fur market in any way. And so, when I say the long-term average for the association, when fur prices are high, people get more people trap. I mean, there's money to be made on it, and that really swung the number of people that were out trapping on any given year. Or even if it didn't change the numbers, it changed the effort of the people that were trapping. And and then the, the memberships go where the number of people trapping are. But that has steadily increased um, with the young people in, um, women, girls in, and it's it just a very good thing to see. You were talking about the, the price of, of, of fur, and it goes up and down probably like the stock market. I know nothing about it. Is there anybody that you know that is doing this full-time as a full-time career, as their full-time profession, and making a living off of trapping? There actually are a number of people that um, – 
the substantial portion of their income anyhow is off trapping. Some wow. of that is fur trapping. Some of that is what is referred to as damage control. So animal damage control, ADC. And between those two things, there are people that make their full-time living. And it's, it's, it's a surprising number. Um, but the vast majority of trappers, um, they do it as, as more of a cultural type. You know, it's their, their culture to do it. They grew up with it they, or they've come into it. And they do it, and the money may be meaningful for those people, um, or the money may be irrelevant for those people. They do it because they love it. And I trap almost exclusively now. I tan my fur, and I give to schools, um, soil and water districts for educational purposes. Um, I've instructed at uh, becoming an outdoor woman with the DNR bow and donate fur to them for fundraisers, that type of thing. And um, a lot, you see more of that now, that people with the trapping, the MTA, um, game wardens give uh, fur that's reported to them, road kills, that type of thing. Um, oftentimes to the MTA, trappers donate their fur, uh, the MTA then tans it and they get that out for educational purposes. They do sell some of it for fundraisers. Um, that is given for educational purposes and and it's used for that purpose. So it, it's, it, there's still a money aspect to it for people. The fur prices go up and down on average where oil prices go, fur kind of follows. Cause a lot of the countries that have a lot of cash because of oil sales or, or you know, power type issues, then that they have that by cash, uh, they have cash and they buy fur with it. So long-term you'll see those two but it is, it's like any other fashion, it's fickle. Some years long hair is in like fox, coyote, coon. Some years short hair is in like mink and muskrat. So it does, um, it does get swayed by that, but it's not really affected by that in the last decade or so where trap sales go, where people go, our people desire to trap and they, they do it for sometimes wildlife management on their own land and then they buy traps for it. And then once you, once you get addicted to it, you're addicted to it. I'm guessing. Um, yeah, and it, everybody can do it at their own pace and their own number of traps. You can set six traps out or you can set, you know, 600 traps out, whatever you can handle with your time. You know, in my heart of hearts, I'm still a mountain man in my heart of hearts, a mountain <laughs> man that practices sound wildlife management. That's how I think of myself. I can't make that real in my world working and that kind of thing. And so you, I can do what I can do in the fall. And, and a lot of trappers are like that. Mark's got a question for you. <clears throat> I've, uh, yes. Last week we talked about some kind of ridiculous legislation that is proposed where they're going to be, you know, putting regulations where you have to move traps to a certain height that you deemed as pretty much shutting you guys down. Um, yes. What, what can you do? What can we do as listeners that, want to help you defend your right to trap and, and do it successfully, what kind of um, pushback or, or organizationally, what can we do to help your cause? If you go to the MTA website, especially if you're on Facebook, um, there you can get a hold of talking points that we put together for each of the four bills that have been introduced. And you can take that and you can look at those you can go to the Minnesota Senate and the Minnesota House 
websites, you can go in there. It's quite user-friendly. Put your address in. It'll tell you what district it's in. It'll then identify who your representative, who your senator is. Mm -hmm. And you can then go to the Senate page and the House page. Just find your senator, find your representative. They will have instructions on how they want to be contacted by email. They will give their address. You can write them a letter. You can go on the email. If someone believes that trapping fits into the, um, their world, they want to support it, that is the most direct way to support it. Mm -hmm. If you want to meet with your representative or your senator, that's a wonderful thing. Of course, that takes more time, but you call them up. If you're a constituent, they'll, they'll find time to meet with you. And just if someone just says, we support trapping, we ask you not to support legislation that harms trapping. Mm -hmm. Extremely valuable. It's extremely valuable as a citizen of our country to do that. If you don't just sit and, and complain about an issue, actually do it. And it actually works. I mean, I've been working down at the Capitol for 40 years on trapping and some other issues. If you want to be heard, you have to show up. Yeah, and imagine. a lot of people after a, yeah, and after a bill passes into law and they complain about it, I'm not saying it can't be fixed. It's extremely hard to fix it once it's a law. If you believe in it, go in and let your words be told. Voting is important, but after the voting, talk to the people and let them know. Because they don't know unless you tell them. Hey, Gary, I think like everything else, a big part of, of trapping is education, educating young people if you want to get them involved. But how do you do that? How Do, do you have hands-on? I know there must be classes and those kind of things about trapping. But do you have hands-on where kids can actually go down with people like yourselves and, and walk the line to learn that way as well? Are there classes, are there organizations or programs like that? Well, the Minnesota Trappers Association does have what they call it their youth education program where where there is an in-class that can also be done online, and then there's a required field day with that. And so that that is where you actually get out with a trapper, and they have to be a certified instructor the MTA goes through a process to make sure before someone is certified, they have the knowledge and experience, you know, to, to be able to fulfill that. And then they do that. Most trappers, if you ask them and if you're respectful to them and you promise not to go in and steal the place they take you <laughs> when they take you out trapping, yeah. um, they'll yeah. take you, they'll take you trapping. I've taken lots of people with me trapping and, um, and, and, you don't just go along, and it is something that you can really learn. With any endeavor, a preseason is a very important thing. Yeah. And so trappers, a big part of that is just ask somebody that traps, and they'll show you how to prepare the traps, how to prepare the bait, how to prepare the lure, and just put it all together. And Because that's a big – you just don't wake up one morning and decide to go and go to Fleet Farm or – Cabela's or, or wherever and buy some traps or order them. You go on online, you can find lots of places that sell very high quality traps, but you need the right trap for the right application. Oh, I imagine. Yeah. 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 And, and so there's, there's just a periphery of, uh, of ways to find it. The Minnesota Trappers Association, it's real, I think it's $35 a year. You get a magazine every, you know, twice a month. It goes through that. I also am heavily involved and represent the National Trappers Association and Fur Takers of America. Go on their websites. If you join, it's not a lot of money. You'll get the magazine. They're high-quality magazines. I mean, part of a, an association magazine 
is the kind of the political legal aspect of protecting trapping but in every art in every edition there's a lot of articles on good down-to-earth the mta strives to have youth orientated articles so if you're never trapped before here's how you can do it here's what you go to but it might be beaver might not be the thing to start with you're around deep water it's a lot of work you have to really stake them heavy weasel boxes work very well muskrats work very well um, those kind of things and it's it, the articles are geared for that and you can also get into the very sophisticated article that anyone can learn from I'll tell you what, Gary, we got to wrap this up, and I'm going to ask you one question. you got about 15 seconds to answer it. I'll tell you what, if you could wrap it up like that, what does trapping mean to you? Trapping is my thing. So I'm a practicing attorney with a full-time practice. I have a lot of clients, very good, loyal clients. I still wake up in the morning and think of myself as a trapper. I pattern my calendar around it. It Attaboy. is the thing that Attaboy. I live for. Oh, that's wonderful. I tell you what, Gary, it's, it's, this is a thrill. We're going to keep you on the list, man. We're going to keep you, have you back again and again and again because you have so much to share with us. I'm excited about stopping up and seeing you sometime this spring or summer as well. Gary, yep, I'll tell we'll you what. Yep, Minnesota Trappers Association, thanks for, for supporting the four outdoorsmen, and we'll support you as well. Live the dream. Have a good day. You bet. Take care, sir. Have a good night. Bye-bye. That's a good man there. <clears throat> Very cool guy. Yeah. You got a Passionate couple... about it. Holy smokes. Well, he's knowledgeable, you know, and, and it's just he's done it forever and ever and ever. I, I want to do this. I want to go up and see how he does this I stuff. I'd love and... to learn. Yeah. When, kind of when society collapses and I have to feed my family, <laughs> <laughs> I want to be able to catch a rabbit with a snare trap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, um, eat, and eat it raw. You and I can yeah. see you and Sam with long hair like this. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, um, anyway. thank you, everyone, for listening. Another great week here at Capra's. Um, it's true. Well, I was going to say, thanks, everybody. Have a great week. Get rid of this snow. I'll tell you, it's, it's coming again one more time. We've got to wrap this up. Have a great week. Uh, thanks to uh, all of our guests. And uh, Mark's got something to say. Get outside and make some memories.